The Jace and PJ Podcast. We've got a very special guest this morning, yes. Hugh Van Kylenberg. He is the founder and facilitator of the Resilience Project. Uh, he's teamed up with te- uh, sporting teams, schools, workplaces, and is about to go on a national tour. He joins us this morning. Thanks for being here, Hugh. It is an absolute pleasure as I just turned my phone off because knowing my luck, it'll ring. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> flight mode, flight mode. No professionalism you're, you're around here. Um, <laughs> we were just saying to you off the air, we actually really wanted to reach out to you last year during lockdown because I think we all needed... Oh, it was dire. Things yeah. were grim and we needed a bit of uplifting chat and that's exactly what you've been doing. Yeah, unfortunately I was in the fetal position in my bedroom. Uh, <laughs> you will be no help to yeah. us. <laughs> I was, yeah, give give was, us uh, your background. What, what did you used to do? So I was a primary school teacher to start yeah, right. with and loved it. Yeah. Like, I just loved it. Teachers have the most... I'm very biased. It's just such... A bloody important job. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, so I, yeah, I was a primary school teacher, and I I um I went into it, and the reason I did it was because I I had this really naive and ambitious thought that because my little sister, right, when she was fourteen, she was diagnosed with a mental illness, right. and it was full on. This is back in '97. We weren't talking about mental illness back no. in the '90s, mm. so I didn't know what mum and dad were talking about when they told us. But I remember I remember thinking, oh, I, I want to make sure no family goes through what we went through. So. I'll become a teacher and then I'll teach kids and then I'll somehow stop them getting a mental illness. Oh that was a ridiculous God. thing to think because like... But that was your motive. That was kind of it. And I remember getting to like my first day as a teacher, I've never been so nervous. Uh, I was at a girls' school because I was like, you know, I can go to a girls' school and I can help these young girls like make sure they don't get an eating disorder. Yeah. And I, um, I remember standing there in front of my class going, right... <laughs> What am I doing? Like how? On earth so still am at I that gonna... point, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I was just, but I, I still, I'd been teaching for six years, and I was still thinking I'm doing my best to build self-esteem in these kids, like any great teacher does. But sorry, that makes it sound like I was saying I was a great teacher. I wasn't a great teacher, but I certainly, I, I, I had no idea what I was doing as far yeah. as trying to stop these kids getting this. So, so it all started as a teacher when I was a teacher, basically. And so, what was your journey then from being a teacher to starting the Resilience Project? Yeah, well, I went to India. Um, which uh, and I lived in a village. Well, I didn't mean to. That's not. I mean, I meant to. <laughs> I very much meant to go to India. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a strange yeah. accident. It was my ex partner was like, "We've got to go to India," and I was a bit like, oh, "I don't know." And she said, "No, we got to do it." So we did that, and then we were over there, and we ran out of money. And she said we should do some teaching, and and um, I said, "Well, we can get a paid job." She said, "Let's volunteer." Uh, much more, you know, she's much more philanthropic. <laughs> she's the good angel. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. And You're like, let's go to the backpackers and party. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. But then we ended up in this village because they said, oh, you can, accommodation's free, right? You live with the principal and you get three meals a day. And we went, oh, you beauty, that sounds That's all so you need. good. Yeah. yeah. But then we arrived. I'll never forget the feeling of shock I felt when I arrived in this village and discovered in the village, there's no, there's no running water, uh, there's no electricity. Um, and there are no beds. And I remember thinking, we're meant to be there for two weeks. I'm thinking, no, I can't do this. Not a chance. People live like this. Yeah. Yeah. But then the second day, I'm I'm sitting in the classroom with these kids in this mud brick school in the middle of the desert. There's no chairs or any of the kids are sitting on the floor. And I remember thinking to myself about half an hour in, there was this one kid, right? And he's in the front row. And I was looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, never, never in my life have I ever seen joy like this before. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. This kid's the happiest person I've ever met. And I was I was really moved by it. And by the end of the first week, I remember sitting um, in this mud hut drinking tea with this family. And it wasn't mm. just the family. Like we'd do it here in Australia. Like, oh, come in for a tea. But got to be quick. Got to get home, get the kids ready. It yeah. was like 
the whole family, the extended family, the neighbours, some people I'd never seen before. They all just turned up in this mud hut and went sitting in a circle drinking tea. It's a lot of tea. And so, it's, well, it was a huge pot in the middle of the room. And everyone put on another pot. Yeah. And, every, and, every, and everyone's just helping make it. And we're sitting around chatting. And I was thinking, this could not be more foreign to me right now. Mm. And yet, I couldn't feel more calm, relaxed, happy. There's no anxiety here. There's no... I can't speak the language. I don't know what they're talking about. But I There's just... There's a feel, sense of calm. Oh, and I remember thinking, these people are onto something. And then I remember thinking, I reckon we're doing a bit wrong back home. Yeah, right. And and I didn't know what it was, but I've been reading... I've read so much since then. I read the other day that here are some things that are going wrong, right? So in Australia, we are currently the second most medicated country in the world wow. for anxiety disorder. We, we, were chatting, we chatted about we, this the other day on yeah, the show. Yeah, we're talking right. how quickly doctors just go to antidepressants and and, and very scar- young very and young people now yeah too. and just could, how scary it is it's a, oh, honestly, my, my kid's yeah. feeling a bit off oh here you go i'll write him a script yeah it's 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 really fun i could do a whole hour on that because it yeah. is a really frightening situation we you have. can't do that we've got to play justin Bieber. <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> got songs to play mate <laughs> gotta gotta pay the bills gotta pay the bills you thanks for me guys and so and the other thing I read the other day was that we're amongst the loneliest people mm. in the world, right? In a survey that was done really? countries all over the world, right? There were two questions asked in this survey. The first question was, um, how many people know you well? And the second question was, in a crisis, how many people can you turn to for support? And Australians ranked up there at the very top. Well, I should say down the bottom, really. Yeah. In the top three or the bottom three for the loneliest people in the world. We don't feel like many people know us well. And we also feel like in a crisis, we don't have many people we can turn to compared to other countries around the world. And I doubt that was intensified over the last 12 months as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Isn't that surprising though? Because you always, you know, we're we're the lucky country. You know, look at us, you know. And then we go lucky. And when you mention the survey, it's like, oh, surely it'd be redneck Americans depressed, not happy with their lives. It's the busier we've got the less we've got in touch with ourselves and those around us, right? Like, So we're so consumed and we're down these holes of keeping up with everything that's going on in the world, keeping up with our feeds and stuff. We don't realise that we're... Don't you think last year would have changed it, though? Well, I tell you, I feel like if Mother Nature was trying to tell us something last year, she was trying to say... I was going to swear. Look after yourself. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. We live our lives at the most... I can feel it picking up again, you know? Yes. we, We used to... Like, we... We go from we schedule every, every hour of our day is scheduled. Got to do this, then we do that. We're going to go there. We're going to do this. Fit that. Oh, I've got an hour there. I can do that. We just got to slow down. Like yeah. we learnt that it is possible to slow down. Last <laughs> did year. you not think though? Because when we dig onto the first lockdown, everyone's like, "Yeah, I've just been living my life too fast." Blah blah blah. Come back into twenty twenty one. Boom! It's like everyone just wants to get straight back into it, and I, they haven't really learnt. I, I think that's mixed. Like. Mm. Without you have, ta- you have without taking a piss, like, I was the one that was running at a million miles an hour. Yeah. If we were going out for drinks, I'd be like, "Where are we going?" And then after an hour there, where do we head after that? Yeah. And now I don't leave the base side. I like my hood. I'm happy yeah. just going to the bar. You have, you're right. Beer. Actually, you are an like, exception. It's totally made me reassess everything. It yeah. really has, which is so good for a lot of people. I mean, this is the thing with discomfort, and we're, I'm going to talk about this a lot in the talk I'm doing, like around the country, but. Um, this is the thing about discomfort and uncertainty. That's where our greatest growth and mm. development takes place as a human being, as a person. You think back to anyone listening to this, you think back to the toughest things you've been through throughout your life, the traumas, the challenges. They were extremely hard at the time, but that is where mm-hmm. incredible growth took place for you. And you are so much stronger because of that. 
And I know last year was horrific and it's still, we're not out of the woods completely, but we got to remember that we will grow so much from mm. this. And that's a, that's a perfect example, Jace. Like you saying that, you know, you've made shifts in your life because of something you've been through, it's really difficult. We all need to sort of do that. Because often it's too late in people's lives that they realise they needed to make a change. You know, it's like a health crisis or unfortunately someone passing away that you realise, shit, I've, why have I been wasting my life? Like, why have I been so unhappy going from one thing to the next? I, it's so I stayed out past midnight the other day. <laughs> regretted it. Bloody hell. Felt like shit the next day. You but crazy I was like, cat. You know what, New Year? I you got me. kids. But I'm you, not, yeah, yeah. What are you I doing? Told you, I regretted it, but... But doing? do you see that all the time? It's just people have these deep realisations way I, too late in their life. Pedro, I felt it myself yeah. so deeply last year with my, and this is the example that might resonate with some people, Yeah, with my parents. So mm. I, um, deep into Melbourne, second lockdown, I read the other day we've had the harshest and longest lockdown mm. anywhere yeah. in the world, mm. and I felt that. And half, oh, three quarters for the second lockdown, I remember thinking to myself, I would give so my dad tells very long stories. I wonder where I get it from. My dad tells these very long <laughs> stories, and sometimes if he gets the ending, and most of them I've heard many, many times yeah, before. But you still laugh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I kind of tune out sometimes Go if to. I'm being really honest. Chuck yeah. him a smile. And I better call dad after this to let him know I've said this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and I found myself. And no, it's not that I don't listen. I just kind of go, hey, I've heard this story before, and I kind of. During the, I, I was sitting there, and I've got a one-year-old at home, so. Dad and my mum had only met their granddaughter a handful of times and she was like six months old. And I was sitting there at dinner and it was cold and miserable in Melbourne in the lockdown and I was sitting there thinking, oh, I would give anything right now. I would give anything to be listening to one of Dad's stories. Yeah. But I can't. And I and I am so happy I've had that realisation now. Yeah. That's a, I, and I... Because if it wasn't for lockdown, the next time I would have had that realisation, it would have been too late. You know, yeah. I would have been thinking... I wish Dad was still around so I could hear one of these stories, mm. you know. And I, I, so that's just a personal story. I'm sure people have got those all over. The just country. the prioritisation of I what just, really matters. I just spent the weekend in Brisbane with my family. My dad's not doing well. Uh, he's got terminal cancer, and we did nothing. We we literally just sat around, ate a roast, did a bit of fishing. I didn't even see the city of Brisbane. Like it was, just, and it, you said yesterday, how was your weekend? I was like, perfect. Mm. It was amazing. If you asked me a year ago, I would have been like, oh god, did nothing. I'm going to Brisbane. Yeah. Like, oh no! You know, it's it's the simple things. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's a gosh. That's a. I mean, talk about one of the things we. My talk dad about will go on to Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> he would appreciate that joke. <laughs> it's gotten better, Hugh. There's different cafes and things like that. It's it's becoming a lot. Very good. That is very good. Um, I, I was going to ask because you go around teaching, um, you know, strategies, trying to help kids mm. at school and stuff like that. Um, I don't think we can write off a potential snap lockdown again happening, you know, five days and stuff like that. Is there any advice you've got for anyone, you know, if these things... Because I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that's Everyone's going to Everyone's on edge going, OK, everyone. what if it happens again? I think they feel like it is an... Ine- I can't say this word. Inevitability. I know what you're saying. Damn it. No, inevitability. more clarification. <laughs> yeah. I think people feel like it is some kind of inevitability that this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, what's yeah, your what, tip? What's your advice? Well... The thing is, like with our fitness, with our physical fitness, we all know that if you want to get fitter, you've got to put your runners on and go for you. We all know we've got to work for it. Like mm. if you want to be good at something, you have to practice it and your fitness yep. is... But I think we don't quite apply the same for our mental health and our, and our happiness and well-being. We kind of go, 
Well, I've scheduled this. I'm having drinks with my friends next week. That'll be good. Or like I'm going to Queensland on a holiday. Well, yeah. not Brisbane, but I'm going to, going to Sunshine Coast. But we don't actually realise there are things we can do every single day that are so quick and so simple that if yeah. you do them, the research says, the science says, so people are heaps smarter than me, so that it makes you feel happier, it improves your mental health. And you cope better in a really challenging time. So what are a couple those of examples? those things. Just gratitude. Okay, okay so gratitude. The, the way you practice gratitude, a couple of ways. So yep. number one, before you go to bed at night, let's say a snap lockdown and it's, inevi- it's, inevi- you've got, it's inevitable that it will probably happen. <laughs> go on, got there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got out my difficult word before. I was philanthropic. Like that, yeah, I really struggle with that and I said it and I'm <laughs> feeling good. Um, so, gratitude, so gratitude. Yep. At night before you go to bed, write down three things that went well for you during the day. Yep. Not, not like three extraordinary things and mm. not three things you're grateful for because you'll run out very quickly if you do three things you're grateful for yeah. what went well for you during the day mm-hmm. and when you wake up the next morning when you're lying in bed you're in that state where you're not really awake you're not really asleep that's very early for you guys um, but you say to yourself what am I looking forward to most tomorrow just think about that before mm. oh, sorry today <laughs> what am I looking forward to most yeah. Yeah. today before you get out of bed um, so that's gratitude that's one of the ways yep. the second one we'd say is empathy which is when you feel what someone else feels the research says the more empathetic you are, the more likely you are to act in a kind way, right? So practice kindness. Like every single day, challenge yourself to do something for someone else. It doesn't have to be something big, like something small. Yeah. yeah. Letting someone into traffic, holding the door into someone, shout out, like, give me someone a coffee. Is it? Jase does that. He tells everyone. <laughs> well, you do an act of kindness every morning. No, but he'll tell us all about it. <laughs> he does it. He does it. But... I, I like. The, the reason I do it is I'll go, guys, learn guys, from me. Guys, you won't believe what I did yesterday. I held the door open. <laughs> but well, that's okay. He's still doing the good deed. Well, 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 you don't know. He might be about to go. And the third one is to let people know about it. Third one, don't mention it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Humility is the third one. That's our, that's our. Should have went to Justin Bieber earlier. <laughs> um, well, well, the neuroscience actually says that if you do something nice to someone else, your brain releases a hormone makes you feel yeah. happy. Yeah. But if you see someone doing something nice to someone else, that has the same effect oh, on you, right? Really? So like, yeah, I saw a guy letting people into traffic today. And you know how you let like one person in, then you go. Yeah. This guy was letting everyone oh, in. And your faith is just restored in humanity. But see, I was... feel like I could go either way. Not taking the piss. Like, I could be like, oh my God, you know, yeah, oh, we're all better people. And then I could be like, oh God, I didn't let people in in the traffic. Like sometimes I, I think it I can be make inspired. Me feel... I, well, that's the thing. I think it has more of a this effect on me. You go, oh, that looked like how happy that guy is. They're loving it. I'm going to get involved. This Next time I get a chance, I'll do this. I, right. I feel like that's the yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, so, so just challenge yourself to do something. And I've got friends of mine who hate this kind of stuff that I talk about every day. But in lockdown last year, they're like, uh, sorry, what are the things you do? Oh, now and they're happy to chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like when I was doing talks before COVID, people would listen and go, yep, yep, sounds good. Yeah. During COVID, like over Zoom, people like pen and paper going, whoa, whoa, slow down, say that one yeah, again. Right. What was it? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting enough, like my friends who are not, some of my friends are not into this stuff. Like one of them is an accountant and he drew up this spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet on his fridge, had a 10 names up the, on the X. <laughs> x-axis the y-axis yeah. was like different acts of kindness you could do and he matched them oh. all up and ticked them off throughout the really? so he's oh, like i haven't sweet. done that for that person and he said that's kind of the way his brain works but he said mate i'm telling you 
it was my favourite thing oh. about, like, it's, cool. it's what got me through. Seems like a bit of work, but cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, I do love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> there you go. And you could, you could share with everyone. You could send it. People yeah, could yeah. see your spreadsheet. All right. Post well, it on Facebook. Look, hey, okay, you two done? Little, <laughs> yeah, little Hamish and Andy duo over here. We done poking fun of this guy. The Imperfects is the podcast you do with Ryan Sheldon as well. It's part of the iHeartRadio group, so you can go and download it and people can hear it there. Um, and otherwise, uh, books, talk. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking around the country. Uh, the, the national tour starts in May. Yep. And we're going to every major city. Um, we used to call it a national tour and we didn't go to Perth and Hobart. And oh my gosh, did we hear about it? That's yeah, apparently right. not yeah. national. So yeah. we are now going to uh, major cities all over the country, plus minor cities as well. Smaller, minor. Nice. Smaller cities as well. So a lot of country What's towns. What's the website as well. for so all the details? Theresilienceproject.com.au. And Live Nation are hosting the tour. So you go to livenation.com. Uh, Hugh, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank yeah. you so much for coming in. So lovely to meet you both. It really Happy phone on to me. Snap yeah. lockdown happens, mate. <laughs> We're going to get in touch. We'll, we'll be ringing. We'll be ringing. I won't be available. I'll be on the floor <laughs> of my bathroom. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. It's the Jason PJ Podcast.